0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Neighborhood Podcast. I am one of the co-hosts, Kevin Valentin. And I'm the
1: other co-host of the Neighborhood Podcast. I go by the name of Kyle Dabra.
0: You know, Kyle, man, we got some, some interesting news to talk about today. Um, we're recording a little late. We had a lot of other things that we had to get going today. Uh, respectively, by ourselves. But, I mean, we have been talking about this for pretty much the majority of the day with the first topic at hand. But just to go over a quick agenda, today Kyle and I are going to talk about the Deshaun Watson news going around the league with the allegations that are circling his life right now. We were going to talk about, um, oh, my God, all oh, the Chicago Bears, some of their... How do I put this lightly? without troubles. hurting People's feelings. Yeah, how, going, going over some of their troubles this offseason... And then we were going to get a little into the uh, James Harden being the dark horse for the MVP as he continues to campaign and carry Brooklyn without Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So, I mean, Kyle, first and foremost, this 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 news, this whole situation with Deshaun Watson, I, I, I got to say, I didn't see this coming and I don't understand what the hell is going on here. We, what, what, what is he up to? Three officially filed sexual assault allegations, but non-official. He's up to nine. Yeah, so the,
1: based off of the lawyer that is representing the women in these lawsuits so far, he went on Instagram on Thursday and said there are a total of nine cases against Deshaun. But as of right now, there are three official civil lawsuits filed against Deshaun at this point. So just to kind of give an idea of what's going on with these accusations that are against Deshaun Watson right now. So- these allegations are that he sexually assaulted three feet, female masseuses in a massage parlor. So I'll get a little bit descriptive here. So listen, the, the terminology is what it is. This is just based off of what I've read with the reports. So the first two lawsuits against Watson right now, they accuse him of, and I'm quoting here, pressing to sexualize his therapy and attempted to get the masseuses to touch his genitals. The third lawsuit, and this is the most recent lawsuit and it's, the most graphic one as of the three that are out right now. It accuses Deshaun Watson of forcing a therapist to perform oral sex on him during a session at an office building. So I mentioned the lawyer that is representing the women in these lawsuits right now. His name is Tony Busby. So Tony Busby has been in some high profile lawsuits over probably the last 10 to 15 years. The biggest one that he's known for is his role in the lawsuit against BP and the Deepwater Horizon oil spill that took place in the Gulf of Mexico over 10 years ago. So he's the one that's leading the suits here. And right now, they've put out the statements that they have. Deshaun put out a statement on Tuesday. He has refuted all of these sexual allegations so far. He mentioned in the statement that he's never treated – any woman with anything other than the utmost respect that the utmost respect that's straight from his, I believe his Twitter account. And he has hired a attorney by the name of Russie Harden and Russie Harden for anybody that doesn't know, he has worked with a couple NFL players in the past with litigation, specifically Adrian Peterson and Michael Bennett. So now that I've gotten most of the information, part out of the way I'm going to split this into two parts so I want to talk about Deshaun Watson the person first and then the player so look first things first I'm not going to jump to conclusions and say that Deshaun is guilty right off the bat that's unfair to Deshaun despite the accusations that are being levied against him now with that said though these are significant allegations against Deshaun Watson right now and I'm really paying attention to that third lawsuit in particular It's pretty graphic. That suit claims, and I'm going to quote this here. I have it on my laptop right here. So it says that the plaintiff claimed that Deshaun wanted her to move her mouth towards his penis, forcing the plaintiff to perform oral sex with him. And the plaintiff stated that she did not consent to any of this and that she blacked out for a few minutes from the fear of what had just happened. And then it goes on to claim that the woman was so shaken up by what had occurred that she defecated on herself. Listen, I know it's graphic, but that's what's stated here in the lawsuit. And look, Deshaun's public image is going to take a massive hit from this, whether he's found guilty or not guilty of this. So there's still a lot more information that's going to come out over the next couple of days. I imagine we're going to hear more details. We're probably going to hear a lot more from Deshaun's lawyer, the one that's going to try to navigate the situation as best as they can for Deshaun. And I haven't seen any criminal cases going against Deshaun at this point. The police haven't said that they're going to file any criminal charges against him, uh, criminal charges against him, but we'll find out more over the next couple of days. But now I want to focus on Deshaun, the player. Deshaun is probably, there's a very good chance. He may not play in 2021 based off these, based off of these, sexual allegations, simply because when you look at what the NFL has done in the past, when it comes to domestic violence, sexual assault cases, they have been fairly strict and they have, they have come down pretty hard recently with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, he had the situation where he, I believe he had two women form uh, accusations against him. And he suffered an eight-game suspension last year after he signed with the Bucs. So he missed the first eight games of the season, missed the first half, and then was able to play in the second half. And then you've had situations in the past where Ray Rice had issues where he knocked a woman out in an elevator. I believe it was Kareem Hunt. his girlfriend, Kareem Hunt. You had Adrian Peterson had his situation with his children where he really aggressively disciplined his children. Children with, I believe,
0: tree
1: branch. No, it was, it was. I think it was a. It was like a belt or something. I'm probably screwing up what he actually No, it, used. Was, it was.
0: a tree branch. It's like what he said. It's what they used to use. in it was a switch. Discipline. I think he
1: used a switch. A, yeah, he that used a switch. That's what it was. So, I mean, back then, the NFL was really crucified for not going hard enough on those guys. But they have definitely upped the ante with Antonio Brown last year with with him being out half the season and with Deshaun look the NFL is going to look into the situation and they're going to look at this pretty intently and there's a very good chance he's probably not going to play in 2021 just depending on how this this litigation goes against him so really the best thing that they can hope for is they settle this in court which more than likely that's what's going to happen is that Deshaun's not going to go to prison I'd be Really shocked if Deshaun goes to prison over this. They're probably just gonna settle this in court. They'll probably agree on a money figure here, and then everybody goes their own separate ways. But Deshaun's value as a football player right now is probably in the garbage right now because probably nobody wants to touch him. And look, Houston is gonna move forward with with the prospects of him probably not playing at least the first half of the season, just because they signed Tyrod Taylor. It's probably their contingency plan for this season. It just, we'll see what happens with Deshaun. Deshaun may may play in 2021. I don't know if it's going to be with Houston or with a new team. There's reports saying that Houston is now really open to trading Deshaun Watson. So. Who reported and, that? Was it, was it rap? I believe it was an insider with Houston. Hmm. Like the. Houston, I, I forget the guy's name, but there was a Houston Texan insider that was stating that Houston is really open to trading Deshaun Watson now, and it's probably due to the fact of, you know, I don't want to speculate here, but his value as a football player is really diminished at this point. So trading him is going to be probably a, bit a lot more easier difficult
0: than it would have been,
1: but but his value is basically in the toilet right now before this whole situation came out. I mean, it would have been a very difficult situation for, I mean, Houston didn't want to trade him. Houston outright stated that they weren't going to trade him from a front office perspective. Now that this situation has come out, now they've pretty much opened the door to the possibility of trading him. So we're going to find out more over the next couple of days. And look, listen, guys, we, we're not lawyers here. We, we don't speak legalese like I could get I could dive into these legal briefs, but I don't have the time for it just because they're basically just accounts of what happened. And I'm not going to go through hundreds of pages of legal briefs. It's just, no. I, I don't have the time for it. But right now, Deshaun's in Deshaun's in some shit right now.
0: And. Yeah. To say it, to, to put it lightly, yeah. Yeah,
1: and it's going to be a very bumpy road for Deshaun as this litigation goes forward.
0: I mean, kind of like you said, d- divvying it up into parts, Deshaun as, a, as an individual right now is probably going through one of the toughest times he's ever had to go through because we're not talking about one or two allegations, we're talking about three officially filed Um I've loved Deshaun Watson since he was at Clemson. So, like, for me as a a fan of his in terms of his playing style and, you know, all the good things that I've heard about him off the field, all the campaigns and and, uh, off the field uh, charities that he manages now in the NFL. Like, I just – I grew to love Deshaun even more. Granted, I'm a Colts fan, so it's really hard to like anybody in my own division. But it's like you got to pay respect to the players that you, you know, that you play against. And I mean, like, the Colts play against him twice a year every year, and it's been – it's been difficult. Houston is no scrub. Their record doesn't reflect it. But like I said, going back to Deshaun as a person, um, knowing what he had to overcome to, you know, get to Clemson and do what he needed to do to uh, to get to the league, the fact that he fell to 13 or was it 13 or whatever, 13, 14. I think it
1: was out of the top 10.
0: Yeah. Like the, the fact that he fell out and Metro Trubisky was drafted above him and and, and, and countless others. Uh, excluding Patrick Mahomes because he ended up being the only one that actually succeeded out of this draft class the way that he has. Um, I just can't understand what is going on here. Like me as an individual, me as a person, I look at this from a very different perspective. I just think it's really interesting how all of these cases are coming out of nowhere as Deshaun is like being very pivotal and saying "I'm, I'm even willing to sit games out you know, like, I don't want to play. If I don't get traded, I'm not going to play for you. I don't want to play for you. Like, I don't care what the GM says. I don't care what the new head coach says. I don't care what the coaching staff says. I'm not going to play for Houston ever again. Again, I'm not discrediting these women. If Deshaun, in fact, did this, Deshaun deserves to, you know, pay out whatever money is agreed upon in court or go to jail and serve the time because of what he did. It was, if that was my sister or my cousin, I'd be just as upset, pro athlete or not. These women have lives and they deserve to be respected. So like, please, guys, don't think that I'm defending him. I'm just saying in general, it's just really convenient that all of these random cases are just kind of, like, coming out of the woodwork as the draft is approaching and, you know, as Deshaun is putting his foot down further in the ground saying, like, hey, I don't even care if I get, you know, if I get fined. I'm not playing. And I don't know, man. It's just, like I said, I'm just one of those people that tries to think outside the box. And, I mean, I just – it looks a little suspicious that these kind of came so fast, so quick. And I know I always talk to a lot of people uh, when things like this kind of arise with athletes or famous people, all it takes is one person to be courageous to come out and tell, say that an athlete or somebody hurt them and other people that were hurt by them will end up feeling more comfortable and they'll come out and say it, you know, like, you know what, she's doing it. I could do it too. So, you know, Deshaun is a person needs to really sit back reevaluate and think about what the hell is going on here because yes, you are a, a top five, top 10 quarterback, depending on who you ask in this league. And you're young. But this, this is not how you hold yourself in this league. This is not how you hold yourself as an individual, a man. You, you can't just be going around because, hey, I'm Deshaun Watson. you got to do what I say. Or because I'm a millionaire, you know, you can, you, can, you can do this to me. So, you know, I am questioning his credibility right now. I'm, I'm kind of questioning and thinking about, you know, what, what do we really know about Deshaun? Uh, Deshaun is a player now to transition into the other side. Uh, like you said, his trade value has immediately diminished Um, we're talking, obviously teams are willing to give up multiple first round picks pretty much their whole future to have this young, talented quarterback on their team. Mm -hmm. And if I, if I'm a, if I'm an, an up and coming team or a team that was reaching out, um, I'm, I'm probably reaching out again just because this is the early stages of this process. and these, can end up being t- these could end up being taken care of in civil court, like you said, and it could just end up being a cash payout, and Deshaun Watson could end up just missing a few games. But you still have Deshaun Watson, the football player, on your roster. So if I'm team looking from the outside, I'm skeptical, but I'm not giving as much as I would have two weeks ago. Like I said, Deshaun, Deshaun's value went from like three or four first round picks to maybe like a first and a couple of seconds or like a first couple seconds and a third. So I, I, if you get Deshaun for a steal, he serves his suspension, does what he needs to do in, in, in terms of the NFL disciplinary actions, and then you have Deshaun Watson for the next 10 years. You know what I mean? Like that's just my mindset. Like a Chicago, like a Carolina, all of these teams that wanted to be in the sweepstakes – that were willing to give up the world and now don't have to, so I don't know what's going to happen. We all know Ray Rice was indefinitely suspended from the league. We know that Kareem Hunt had to serve his suspension for what a year, eight games. I forget what it was. And, well, I don't know. I don't think yeah. it was, I think
1: I, for, I forget the suspension. Like I think it was a year. I think it was a year.
0: So you know, we're we're talking about multiple sentences, multiple punishments, depending on the player and the severity of the allegations behind it, and. You know, Deshaun, like Kyle said, probably will miss some time, maybe even some significant time, depending on how further this, how much further this goes. But, uh, yeah, from, from the league perspective, it just it sucks because he was willing to stand out now and hold out and say, you know, I don't want to play, and he's already going to miss out on some money. But now if he is, you know, put in this on, the, on that list, on that exemption list, I'm pretty sure he's held without pay, too, isn't he? I believe so. So Deshaun's going to lose money with or without playing for the Houston Texans this season. And if this kind of like goes away or if this resolves itself relatively quickly, I think Deshaun needs to shut the hell up and go play for the Texans because who the hell knows what else is going to happen and you're going to need your bread. You cannot afford to lose anymore. So this may change his perspective and just say, yo, either I stop doing what I'm doing or what what they say I'm doing and just play football or I got to get the hell out of Houston and I really got to hold my ground. It's like one or the other. There is no medium. He's either going to stay because he knows he needs to, or he's going to demand a trade even harder because he wants to get away from the drama that happened in, in, in Texas. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I said, I feel for the guy. I, 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 I like, I like him as a player. I like him as a person. But these allegations are no joke, no laughing matter. So, these are serious. And I'll, I'll be paying attention vividly to see what happens to Sean Watson going forward.
1: I think, I think Deshaun is out of Houston. I don't think there's any way he goes back. It's just at this point, I think with Houston signing to Rod Taylor, I think that's their contingency plan because the, I think Houston's expecting at least a chunk of the season where Deshaun's going to be out due to suspension. That He's going to be suspended under the NFL's conduct policy. Even, whether or not he actually gets, you know, I don't even know if he's going to get criminally charged in this. I don't know if it's just going to be all civil but he's going to he's going to definitely be out probably a minimum of 4 to 6 games and then depending on how bad it actually gets in the courtroom with these allegations it could even be worse so like i said it, i have to wait for more facts to come out first i'm not going to just jump to the conclusion that he's guilty but I think what's going to happen regardless of what goes on in court is that he's going to serve some sort of suspension. I think that's just bound to happen at this point, just because I think just the association of the charges that are on Watson right now, I think it's, it's a suspendable offense based on what the NFL has done in recent memory.
0: Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. Something's coming down, whether it's four or six, like he's definitely going to miss some time and he's going to miss some time with – with, with some missed opportunities, who, know, he might even, who knows he might even lose sponsorships, you know? Like, a lot of companies yeah. don't tolerate this kind of action with players or any of their their endorsees. So it, it just, you know, there's a lot of things coming in the future, and Deshaun's got to tread carefully because this is some really thin ice to be on right now, and he cannot afford to drown, especially this young into his career. Not that, you know, doing this is justified at any age. I'm just saying you're going to tarnish what you have left, which a lot of people said was 10-plus years in this league. And you might throw it all the because you did something stupid or did something stupid multiple times. So since we're talking about stupid things and, you know, stupid decisions, we're going to, we're going to kind of move into this lighter topic. So the Chicago bears, a very historic franchise in the NFL, one of the first initial teams to ever have been founded and the lineage of historical players hall of famers goes on and on and on right Chicago is a very prestigious organization a very tough and gritty team when you think about the Bears you think about you know Soldier Field it being one of the hardest stadiums in the world to play in because of the field and the weather conditions and they have not been any of that for some time now probably since they lost to the Colts in the Super Bowl in 2006 it's been some time since they've been relevant consistently at least And they were in the mix for the last month or so, or, you know, they tried to be in the mix for the last month or so to campaign for Deshaun Watson, engage the trade value or, you know, the trade hall they would have to give in to get a Russell Wilson. And a report came out this week that Chicago offered three first round picks, a third round pick and two veteran players for Russell Wilson, in which Seattle declined. So Chicago has been at a loss for quarterback for, I don't know. What do you think, Kyle? A little bit over a decade? They haven't really done much since...
1: Since Jay Cutler.
0: Yep. And we're talking about early Chicago Jay Cutler, not the Jay Cutler that was. That looked like he didn't really care, put on a few weights, all that famous gif or that meme where they kind of like drew a cigarette in his mouth on the <laughs> sideline or like at the podium during a press conference. So what I'm getting at here is the Chicago Bears have pretty much been at a lull offensively for for a long time now and the drafting of Mitchell Trubisky at number two overall in the 2016 NFL draft I believe so so he was drafted number two out of North Carolina because of one season for the North Carolina Tar Heels and he was very well overhyped obviously very well in regards to his prospect and potential but it was kind of one of those situations where you're drafting a quarterback because of one really good year that could have been a fluke year. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it was because Mitchell Trubisky has now signed to be the backup to Josh Allen in Buffalo, if not the third string, because Matt Barkley's there. So we don't know what's going to happen over there. But I would say Mitchell's career is pretty much done, like we talked about. It's not really a surprise. Once they didn't pick up the fifth year option, I knew nothing nothing good was going to come out of this. Barring, knock on wood, an injury to Josh Allen and, you know, some crazy stellar play in camp or, or practice for him to take the number two spot. I think that Mitch's career as a starter is done in this league. But going back to the Chicago portion of the podcast episode I'm trying to get to, they have signed Andy Dalton at quarterback to a one year, $10 million deal. They obviously failed at the Sean. They failed at getting Russell. And they 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 made sure that their star wide receiver and Allen Robinson did not leave, and they franchise tagged him. Now, Allen Robinson has yet to sign the tenure, and Allen Robinson's camp has said that they will take their time in signing said deal uh, because he could choose to hold out like Le'Veon Bell did a few years back and just say I'm not signing it. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't think uh, Alshon, I don't think that Allen's going to do that, but. I don't think he wants to play with Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's 33, 34 years old. He didn't have the best season of his life in Dallas last year. Granted Dallas's offensive line was hurt. Uh, Andy Dalton was inconsistent at best. Uh, he turned it on a little bit towards the end of the season. He, sh- he showed some flashes that he can do it. But I mean, if you couldn't do it with the weapons that Dallas had, uh, I don't know how you're going to do it with lesser weapons in Chicago. So I got to get your opinion on this, man. What the hell are the Bears thinking, bro? This is literally their GM and Mad Nackies last year at a a winning season, and your answer is signing the Red Rifle. Is this desperation, or do they not care anymore?
1: I think that they just moved on. They just moved on from the possibility of getting either Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson when those trade rumors were circulating, and they never materialized. Look – When you look at Chicago at this point, I think Ryan Pace should probably be fired as general manager because it has just been—it's just been—he's been a model of inconsistency the last couple of years. He has let pretty much all the Bear fans in Chicago and around the country down simply because they just have a very difficult time getting getting decent prospects to really prosper in their system. And they have really swung and miss on some really big names. I mean, to go back to when they drafted Mitchell Trubisky, that was the same draft class that Patrick Mahomes is in. And look at the success that Mahomes had compared to Mitchell Trubisky. Like you mentioned, Mitchell Trubisky is probably a few years away from being completely out of the league and a complete bust from that draft class. It's just when you look across the board with the Bears, their best quarterback that they probably ever had is probably someone either by the name of Jay Cutler or Rex Grossman. And throughout the entire, no,
0: uh, throughout the entire, no, the guy that won them, this, Jim McMahon, who won them Super Bowls, he was, he's a Hall of Famer. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, I'll go recently then. In the last, what, 30 years? 20, 20 30 years. Yeah. In 20, 30 years then, just to be a little bit more specific then. That's who they've had. That's the, the that's the best quarterbacks that they've been able to field since McMahon back in, what, the 80s? 80s. I mean, what else do you say about that? It's just, I remember when they had Jay Cutler. They did have some years of relevance. They did have that one, they had that one NFC championship appearance against the Packers at home. I think Jay Cutler was dealing with some sort of injury. He didn't really play that well that game. And ever since, it's been a revolving door of talent at the quarterback position. They gave Mike Glennon back, I believe, in 2014, 2015, a boatload of money to be their starting quarterback. He was a complete waste of money. I believe he got that contract simply because of how well he played in Tampa the year before. And he never materialized anything significant with Chicago. It's just, Kyle
0: Orton was over there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't think anything really happened with him either. So no. just, just just looking at the way that the Bears have been the last couple of years, they're just, they're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. And I don't really expect them to go anywhere with Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, as a backup with the Cowboys last year, was mediocre Average. at best. I would say mediocre because, look, Andy Dalton was a pretty solid quarterback when he was with Cincinnati. Definitely had some good years when they got into the playoffs a couple years, especially towards kind of like the last maybe like three or four years he was with Cincinnati, but like the last year or two, specifically with the Cowboys and maybe the last year he was with Cincinnati, he has been really going downhill. And I think Chicago made this move simply because that was probably the only guy that they could probably realistically go after at this point. I don't think that they were going to make some sort of trade to go after Tua because I know there have been rumors about Tua maybe being traded, but the only mention of those trade rumors with Tua of uh were in regards to Deshaun Watson and Houston. Swapping, yes. So I think Chicago just looked at the situation here and said, Andy Dalton's probably the best guy in the market because Ryan Fitzpatrick, he just signed with Washington a few days ago. It just, the quarterback market is really thin right now. And that was the guy that they ended up going with. And just the way that the bears are going to look this season, I think the season is already over. And we haven't even started a game yet. And it, it, it really sucks because I think that that Bears defense is pretty good. That defense with Khalil Macklin in the way, that defense has held their own and keeps them in games. But it's just the offense, their inability to materialize anything significant as far as points go or anything just consistent through the passing game. I mean their running game is okay but it's inconsistent at times too.
0: Yeah, David Montgomery had a great second half to the year but I mean it's still it you're gets, running the ball when you're down 14 what does that do for you?
1: Yeah, so it's just until they get this quarterback situation squared away with and nothing's going to happen with Chicago and it's just I mean when you're looking at Andy Dalton being the starting quarterback and they've essentially said that he's got the starting job as of right now Chicago's probably going to go 6 and 10 next year. Maybe five and eleven, just because Andy Dalton is probably going to get that team to a mediocre record at, at best. I just I don't see a lot of decent prospects or any. I hate to be a downer here. I don't see any really positivity looking forward with Chicago next year. I think the Packers are head and shoulders above them in the division. Minnesota is probably second, and then Chicago and Detroit are going to be fighting for that third spot. And Detroit is going through a major rebuild right now. So I think Chicago is probably the the third best team simply because Detroit is completely starting over.
0: And you heard about that, that, that rumor, right. Or that, that trade that happened that they got Michael Brocker or whatever. Uh,
1: Oh yeah. That the Rams traded Michael Brocker's (laughs) to Detroit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And he's the one that said, yo, we definitely leveled up when we got rid of Jared Goff and now Jared Goff is going
1: back again. Ironic, right? no that's funny like <laughs> that's just, great it's just funny how the world turns turns the results out that way but yeah you ain't lying but yeah, i hate to be a downer on chicago but chicago's not going anywhere next year you and i both know that
0: yeah at least at least we don't think so guys you know obviously we have no we have no future insight we are not gurus we're not psychics these are just oh i'll claim all of to be
1: is... i'll listen i'll i'll die on this hill if i need to but I'm I'm pretty certain that Chicago's going nowhere next year. They That's not going to happen next year. Hey, with, man,
0: they still got Big Dick Nick back there, man. You never know.
1: And No, because they've already said that Andy Dalton's going to be the starter.
0: Yeah, but if Andy suck or Andy get hurt or knocked out again, who's got to step up? The guy you paid $22 million to on the bench.
1: If Andy Dalton sucks, you really think Nick Foles is going to go in there and change things?
0: I didn't say change things, but, I mean, bro, you're paying them $20 million to ride the bench. You better play
1: the best. <laughs> I I doubt it. I mean, I look, I mean, Andy Dalton's going to probably put up typical numbers, probably somewhere around 200, 250 yards passing a game. He'll probably throw a touchdown here and there, but he's probably going to throw one or two picks on average a game. I mean, probably one pick a game. Maybe two. I, I don't know. It's just – It really depends. It, but yeah, but yeah, it's no, like – but it's like Andy, it's Andy Dalton, bro. Like,
0: and they're trade if they're looking for suitors for Anthony Miller, and they try to get rid of Kyle Fuller. Like, high key, they might be in a rebuild mode. High key.
1: I mean, look, you got Allen Robinson, and Allen Robinson is probably leery at the prospect of Andy Dalton throwing the ball to him. And then, don't you have uh, Javon Wims, the guy that had that wide open touchdown where Mitchell dropped a dime to him and went right through his arms? Isn't that
0: also the guy that punched? see yes. Gardner. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's what we got to. We'll
0: see what happens. It's it's not a rosy picture in Chicago. So, no, they got a lot to worry. They got a lot to worry about, especially with Matt Nagy being on the not the hot seat. It's like they lose their first game by a lot. He's fired. Like I don't even think they waste time. I, I'll say this though, depending on how many fans they bring into the stadium, if it
1: goes south in that first game, they are going to light them up.
0: Oh, yeah. It's a big city, bro. You know how the markets go in big cities like New York and L.A. and Chicago. Bro, they don't fucking play. They don't care. They will boo you ass right out of the state. They don't give a shit. (laughs) But, um, I mean, this particular organization isn't booing much right now. Um, The Brooklyn Nets have officially taken off and they are on fire they're dominating the NBA and James Harden is kind of doing it by himself right now as he has been on a multitude of games playing alone or at least not with one other superstar and the other night James Harden had I believe a 40 point triple double and a win and he just has been looking like a man on a mission he's looking like he said you know what Houston got rid of me I'm I'm gonna turn it up even harder and he is quickly climbing up the MVP chatter And I would say he's in either fourth or third in the terms of, you know, competing for that because I feel like with every game, he only gets better with Brooklyn. And I'm pretty sure he's already second or third in the franchise's triple-double totals. So it's just, he's absolutely balling the fuck out. He is averaging crazy numbers lately in the last couple of weeks. And I think that James Harden, has really elevated his game and has stepped up when needed most because KD has been out with a multitude of injuries and multiple, multiple COVID exposures. Kyrie obviously was out on his own doing what he had to do, what he felt for his mental health. He's having a little bit of ailments kind of nag him along with some back injuries and whatnot. So, James Harden balling the fuck out. Man, I, I, got, I got to hear your thoughts. What the hell is going on in his mind right now?
1: They got him out of Houston. They got I don't have to he deal with the strip any-
0: club's old
1: yeah but i mean look what Deshaun got with all those masseuse par- with all those massage parlors so i mean you know i know the jokes are i know it's a little bit early to be saying those jokes but it is what it is but outside of all the jokes and all the fat jokes that we had to throw at james harden for being freaking 10 15 pounds overweight looking like it's like a half like like a damn sumo wrestler when he was like wearing was well, like hit. a fullback yeah like dude like but with the jokes out of the way i think james harden has been absolutely sensational this year i think you did mention that he's probably like fourth or third in your mvp race at this point i have him third simply because i still have Joel at number one and i know that's i know the freaking analytic bros are going to get after me saying oh well you know if you look at nick nikola Jokic, nikola Jokic is leading all the analytics and i'm like yeah okay but if I'm looking at James Harden right now, James Harden has definitely stepped up. Just the one thing that has really surprised me when it comes to the Nets and specifically with James Harden is the fact that he has become really the facilitator of the team. He has really been great with distributing the ball. And he's really getting these guys, whether it's Kyrie, whether if he's on the court, KD, Joe Harris, DeAndre Jordan, really involved in the offense. And the offense is flourishing because of James Harden's ability to really distribute the ball extremely effectively. And I remember you and I had talked about this, like what would his role be going into a situation where you got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in your starting five? It definitely looks like Kyrie Irving is definitely going to be just a point guard that is going to simply just drive to the basket and knock down some mid range jumpers. Kevin Durant is going to do what he needs to do, knock down wide open three point shots, I still, think that Kevin Durant shot is like the silkiest shot in the league that I've ever seen. So, but James has really carved a out, a a, jump but James has really carved out his role really well. And because of that, just I, you mentioned he had the 40, 15, and 15 the other day, like
0: absolutely he's been ridiculous, going, going dude. off. Those are 2K so, numbers, dude. Like, come on, man. So,
1: so I mean, just just looking at where he's gone and I'm going to pull up his stats real quick, just because just to kind of show you guys how well he has really been playing this year. So just to kind of give you guys the traditional stats that he has so far. So he's averaging 25 and a half points a game. He's averaging almost over 11 assists a game, and he's averaging around eight rebounds a game. So he's only about two rebounds away from averaging a triple double. And then if you get into some of the advanced stuff, the advanced analytics, So his PER is sitting around 25 right now. His win shares is sitting around 0.2. Okay, I want to get this right. 0.219, which is, it's been improving ever since he's gotten to Brooklyn. And his, his shooting average is pretty solid. So when you look, when you look at all these stats and you kind of compare them to the guys that are in top of the MVP race with Joel Embiid, and Nikola Jokic, I think James Harden has really kind of found a, a good spot at that three at the three spot in the MVP race. Do I think that he's gonna overtake Jokic, or do I think that he could take Embiid? He could, depending on how long Embiid is out for, because Embiid is still dealing with that that knee injury, that that horrific looking knee injury that he yeah, that, he that, couple, that scared the shit a, out
0: of me, and I'm not even a Philly fan.
1: Yeah, so he but he only has a bone bruise, and they say he might be out a week, but he could be out for possibly two more weeks, just depending on how Philly kind of manages his workload coming back into the starting lineup. But if I had to say right now, just with the fact that Embiid is out, I got to give it to Jokic, man. I think Jokic is actually the favorite right now, just because analytically speaking, he has Joel beat. He's been playing more consistently than Harden and I know Jokic doesn't get a lot of shine. And I know that I said just probably about two weeks ago that Embiid was leading the way, but with Embiid being out, I think Jokic takes it. And even though that he's he's a quiet candidate in that MVP spot, we need to give him his shine. Jokic has been playing outstanding basketball, even despite the fact that the Nuggets aren't the top team in the Western Conference. The 76ers are with Embiid being a huge part of that. But James, is a, like, James has been a solid player for the reason why that the Nets are really kind of fighting Philly for that number one spot in the Eastern conference. And I really think there could be a scenario where it could be between Nikola Jokic and James Harden really kind of battling it out over the MVP, just depending on how long Embiid is out for. And depending how
0: much he comes back from all that. Yeah. So, I, I
1: mean, it, James could take a hit if Kyrie is back in the starting lineup more consistently, and the same with Kevin Durant. But I, I think James right now, he's in that three spot. I'm still going to give Joel the slight. It's so tough, dude. Like you could really go back and forth between Jokic and Embiid at this point. But I'll give it to Jokic just because he's he's been healthy the entire season. He's been balling out. His ability to distribute the ball is unparalleled for a big man. And it's just. Just right now, I got Jokic, Embiid, and then Harden at three. That's how I kind of see it.
0: No, I I honestly, in that order, and your exact reasons why, like you said last episode, I feel like you read my mind. It's it's crazy because if Joel doesn't get hurt, I really see him winning the MVP because I just, the way that Philly's playing right now and the way that Ben Simmons is kind of on another level defensively, Doc Rivers, we need to talk about what it is you said a couple of days ago because that shit was suspect. Um, but, but overall Philly's been playing so good and that's very, very, very big in, in, in part because of Joel's stellar play. Uh, similar to what you said, it's crazy how Jokic is putting up the numbers he's putting up and yet Denver is like the sixth or seventh seed in the Western conference. But that also shows the difficulty of playing in the West because you have a player like Jokic competing for an MVP and you're at the seventh seed. So it's like there's like a there's like levels to this shit, as Meek would say, and it's just absolutely like in full display in the Western Conference because, like, you have great play from Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, uh, you know, Paul Millsap, and then you obviously have freaking, you know, Nikola Jokic, and you'd think, you know, like those four players are pretty damn good. Why the hell are they seventh? It's because they play in the West. If this team is in the Eastern Conference, they're probably better than Philly, if I'm being completely honest. Like – those two big men in those perspective in, in the eastern conference would obviously dominate because those are the two best centers in the league. But I just I couldn't agree more. James Harden's playing out of his mind. And I think if Joel continues to you know be out, God forbid there's any lingering conditions or if he reaggravates it or if they're trying to be safe and keep him out until uh closer to the playoffs. I think that that just gives Nicola the the, the runaway with it, and I think that that even pushes Harden further because he goes from third or fourth all the way to second within a month. And honestly, Brooklyn is second, and they could take over for first. And I disagree with you only because on one point, I don't think it makes a difference. If either of those other two wingmates of his are on the court, James Harden has showed that his first priority is to get his teammates involved. And since you can't double any of them because that leaves one of them open, James has been seeing a lot of single covered, you know, one-on-one matchups and he's completely taken advantage. He's hit some clutch shots. And I mean, like you said, I mean, look at his averages. He's almost averaging 26, almost averaging, almost averaging eight. And then he's averaging 11 assists. Like that's just those numbers are wild for someone who got traded at the The pretty much beginning of the season, and who is also playing with two perennial all-stars and former all-pros. So you gotta give it to James, man. I hate James Harden. I hate watching him play. The whole dribble isolation shit between the legs for twenty out of the twenty-four seconds really pisses me off. But the fact that he's transitioned into more of a team player and he's kind of accepted a lesser role that he's not taking all the shots that he used to in Houston, but it's working out and it's paying dividends because Steve Nash is looking like some kind of coach right now man managing those three Eagles, making sure that they're those three are like healthy and together in terms of their mentalities but I would say watch out for Brooklyn man that that finals appearance is looking stronger and stronger every game they play because they are lighting it up and that is in huge part because James Harden is carrying the load without his other two teammates
1: yeah and it's really just it's crazy with the season that James started with and just all the shenanigans he got into by forcing his way out of Houston. And then turns around, turns a a negative into a positive, which is the way that he's been able to play for Brooklyn the entire season. You do have to give him credit though. He has really stepped up for Brooklyn, especially when, especially when Kyrie and Katie are out of the lineup, he has really taken on the responsibility of leading that team to where they are. And basically they're going to either end up either as the one seed or the two seed in the Eastern conference. And I think the way that Harden has played so far, he is definitely worthy of some MVP knots at this point, but there's one thing I want to talk about before we wrap this up. And it's just, I just want Kevin to just pop off for, uh, for this for a little bit, Kevin, we got to talk a little bit about your Yankees just because we've been, on, men- we've been mentioning about baseball the last couple of days on the podcast. I just want you to get a quick feel for what you think the Yankees have been like so far the spring training.
0: Oh, OK. I thought we were going to go into the other topic. OK, OK. okay. No, that's fine. Um, listen, I'm going to say it like I say it every year. I think we're favorites to win the World Series. I, 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 obviously, we got to compete with the Dodgers on the other side, but it is. It's Yankees are nothing for me. They're my whole life. They're everything I stand for. They're the team that I grew up watching every day. They're the team I went to the stadium just a few blocks away. They're everything. And with that comes with potential heartbreak, because I always say this every year, I think we're going to win the World Series. So, I mean, like, I'm. it's like I say to Kyle every year, I'm ready for them to break my heart again. Like, it's okay. Like, I just, I accept (laughs) it. I I forgive them. I love them. Uh, But all jokes aside, um, it's all about health. Uh, we need to maintain some consistency and, and staying off of the IL because, I mean, last year and the year before that, we were like one of the, the worst teams in terms of keeping our players healthy. I don't know if we need to fire our training staff or, or change up the regiments. I do see a lot of these players um, in the weight room, you know, practicing, getting their, you know, getting their uh, their BP up and, you know, making sure that they're, they're getting they're getting stronger and they're making sure that they're trying to build their bodies to be straightened for the season. But a lot of players fail to realize, man, this is a 162-game season. This is a long, dragging, physically agonizing season. And we need guys. We need to make sure that, we, that the guys that are going to carry this team are going to be healthy for the season. Aaron, oh, Aaron Hernandez. What the fuck is wrong with me? Aaron Judge. Giancarlo Stanton. Garrett Cole. We need we need you know Glaber Torres, Clint Fraser. I just you know every single person that we need to be a consistent person in the locker room and on the field, they just have to step it up. We're getting um, we're getting Herman back after his eighty game suspension with his domestic violence. That is all finally in the past and that is cleared, so he's back on the team. Well, Luis Severino is expected to be back from Tommy John surgery in sometime in July or August. That strengthens our our our, uh, our starting rotation as well. Obviously, Garrett Cole's coming into year two of being with the New York Yankees. We signed Corey Kluber. We signed Jason Tomlinson or Tom Molson. He was a former teammate of uh, Garrett Cole's in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, pitching has finally been addressed to a certain extent. And, you know, we just need to make sure that we play good baseball. We play error-free baseball. And, we you know, we make contact. It doesn't always have to be home run or bust. We have probably a top two, top three hitter, depending on who you ask coming back to the team in D.J. LeMahieu. And I mean, pure hitter, opposite field, single, double, clutch, can hit the long ball, and is probably one of the best fielding infielders in baseball. We have a great MVP candidate every year potential in D.J. LeMahieu coming back to the Yankees for another six years. And I think when you have a guy like that that's always reliable to get on base with the power behind him in the lineup that literally I just said, it's kind of scary, that includes Luke Voit as well. Um, we have the potential to do it, man. Our bullpen looks good. Obviously, we lost Zach Britton for a couple of months. He's got some elbow swelling. You're smirking and you're just waiting to talk about it. So just, you know what? Just, just say it because it's pissing me off.
1: And what about Gary Sanchez?
0: What about Gary Sanchez, Kyle? What about him? Tell, tell me about him. No, I want you to tell me about him. You got so much. You got, you, this man sends me tweets about Gary fucking Sanchez almost on the daily. I've had enough. This man hits a single and Kyle's like, oh, my God, he's going to win MVP. Like, bro, no, no, I've had enough. It's midnight. I'm not going to start yelling in my complex people gotta fucking sleep no i'm not doing this listen
1: listen i just want you to admit one thing just one thing what say that gary sanchez has been popping off in spring training just say it he's been popping off
0: it's spring training we're talking about practice we're talking about practice
1: hey go look up gary sanchez's Spring training ki- averages Kyle, from last year. I want you to look, how look bad at the pictures but-
0: I want you to look at the pictures he's faced. These are double and triple A pitchers. These are draft prospects that have not played in an MLB game. These are just random fucking people that they're saying, "Well, we got to test him out," or "Fuck it, we're not going to use this person today." I don't care. You can't Gary give Sanchez him. You can't give him any shine. Water. You can't Gary give him A shine. Dog wa- No zero, zero shine. Gary <laughs> Sanchez is dog water. Absolutely, <laughs> I'd rather drink. I'd rather drink sewage shit than, than, than <laughs> say Gary Sanchez is good. I've had enough. I it's it's it, it and the best part is people told me I was absolutely insane after he had one bad year after the 2017 season where he came and clutch in the postseason against Houston mm-hmm. and when he had a great regular season, after that Gary Sanchez had an abomination of a career <laughs> and I mean, the, the literal waste of space that this man is, is absolutely ridiculous. The fact that he's on my team to this day frustrates me. Like, I go to bed angry sometimes when I remember, like, God damn it, he's still on my roster. Like, I see him at the plate and I automatically assume he's going 0 for 4 for the day 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. <laughs> I need, you, I need you to understand something. I know you're not as as, as baseball and tuned as I am, and I know that I'm nowhere near a lot of these other people what, in what the you, world. What do you what do you mean?
1: I got all the freaking Gary Sanchez highlights off of Twitter the last three weeks. I've been no, so, watching give them a all, bro.
0: Shit, it's spring training. I'm talking about Gary Sanchez's demeanor at the bo- at the plate when it's a regular season game. It's just something there's just that arrogance about him that just gives me that that notion that I want to beat the shit out of you, bro. It's like he gets to the plate. We could be down. We could be up. We could be tied. And he's literally swinging like we were in middle school trying to impress <laughs> the girl on the sideline. It's home run or bust with him. There's, there's There's no in between. He swings at garbage. He fucking doesn't put the ball in play. And when it is in play, it's going sky high in the air because he's swinging for the fences or it's grounded in the dirt and he doesn't put any effort into running run anything out at first base. Gary Sanchez, until he turns it around, is, it, he sucks. He sucks. I don't care if he's got a cannon behind the plate. I don't give a shit. If he's really cool and he's got cool hair and he's breaking it in spring training, I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Gary Sanchez, absolute dog water. Kyle Hashigoka is my starting catcher, day one, in my personal opinion. But if freaking Aaron Boone wants to keep giving this man chances after he batted zero this last postseason, if not under a hundred, I've had enough. Bro, this man had two or three games where he was 0 for three in the postseason. Dog water.
1: How much you wanna like, bet? How much you wanna bet that he's the starting catcher day one?
0: I don't have to bet it. I already I'll, know what's happening. I'll I know put a, what's happening. A, I said I'll, in my mind.
1: I'll put a case on it,
0: bro. I I already know what's gonna happen. In my, no, actually, Garrett Cole's personal catcher is Kyle Hashigoka, so you might lose that case.
1: I I'll, I'll gladly lose a case. I don't care. I day one. I got Gary day Sanchez. day
0: one. Gary Sanchez starting. Yep. Day one. Day one. Eighteen
1: or twenty-four. Case eighteen and
0: twenty-four case.
1: Oh, let's, let's go big. Let's go 24.
0: All right. But that's two that's two bets Twitter. We have a Twitter. Uh YouTube, we have the we have this Gary Sanchez one and then we have the Russell Wilson trade. I'm not giving up on Russell, so it's probably going to be an even exchange because Gary Sanchez sucks at catching Garrett Cole cuz he sucks at everything he does. And we obviously have Kyle Hashigoko, who played with Garrett Cole in high school that knows how to play with him. So I think that I don't think that Gary starts game 1.
1: I mean, have you listened to these videos and the crack of the bat when Gary Sanchez hits it, bro? I'm just saying.
0: You ever, He's heard, you ever heard you ever, you ever, you He's ever been heard polling? this heard spring you ever, training. You ever, a, you ever heard a fastball hit a mitt? You ever heard like just a pitcher? That's what it sounds like when he gets on the plate because he misses everything.
1: <laughs> Not the spring training, bro. When,
0: when when Gary Sanchez steps up to the plate, all you hear is. Because it's the ball hitting the fucking catcher's mitt <laughs> because this man is, he's hes here and the ball's over here and he's like, ah, oh, whatever, I don't care, I'm Gary Sanchez. And then he walks off because he doesn't give a shit. It's his attitude that pisses me off even more. His mannerisms and everything that just, oh, I don't want him on the team. I don't know why he's still on the team. It's so frustrating.
1: Have to but my Yankees are going to win
0: the World Series. My Yankees are going to win the World Series.
1: It's either that or they if break not, heart.
0: Exactly, I'm I'm here for it, and I'm never going to teeter from it. It's it's win the World Series to break my heart.
1: You're going to go to a game this year?
0: Uh I'm going to try to, yeah. If it's available, I have to go see the Yankees. I was going to go to a spring training game, but I kind of saw tickets at the very, very, very last second, and they were a little bit pricey for some shitty seats. And I wasn't about to drive two hours to Tampa to sit in the nosebleeds, get a get a sunburn, and then pay out of pocket for two tickets for me and Isabel.
1: I mean. I've been to that state. I've been to that George Steinbrenner stadium. That's uh, right next to Ray J. I mean, is there really even that bad of a seat there? I mean, it's not even that big of a stadium.
0: No spring training facilities are never that big. It's just the point of, I just didn't feel like paying and driving, you know, just for spring training. It was like over 150 bucks for like nosebleeds 300 bucks, bro. It's not including gas and food and shit for a day to watch. I don't even know if the lineup would even play that day. There could be a, it could be one of those double headers or, Spring training games are only seven innings anyway, if I'm not mistaken. So like, why in the hell would I go all the way for seven innings for to have one starter have one at bat?
1: I mean, hell, I mean, you could fly round trip to New York right now, that cheaper than going to a game. I
0: mean, exactly. To be quite honest with you, like that's just
1: yeah. it's kind of like so, the way that we're... I'm, I'm, You know,
0: we're, we're 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 waiting. We're trying to figure out what's going on with you know. Obviously, the Yankees play the Rays. So many times this yeah. year, and I know that Tropicana Field isn't exactly the most expensive place to be. It sucks. So. It,
1: dude, it sucks. I hate going there. Like, Dude, just the lights in the stadium are so bright. It's just... It, the experience there is just... It's just terrible. Like, that stadium is, like, what, 40, 50 years old? They gotta do something with that stadium, because that stadium is just... I have no idea. It, it's just garbage. It's the worst stadium all, in, in all of baseball.
0: You've been to all of them?
1: I could gladly say that Tropicana Field is probably the worst one. I say that with full certainty.
0: I'm, I'm not going to argue with you only because one, I've never been there, and two, they're division rivals, so I don't really care I, if it's an insult to them, take it. I, don't it. I, I, I,
1: I imagine pretty much every other stadium, every other baseball stadium across the country is miles better than what Tropicana is. Tropicana is... <laughs> well, if you were going to say that freaking Gary Sanchez is dog water, that's what Tropicana Field is. Is dog there
0: we go. Okay, you know, you know, it's, it's sliding into the Gary Sanchez train. He'll get there eventually when he bats under 150 for the first 60 games of the year, and then he misses 20 games because he pulls his hamstring walking to first. It's fine. But I'm going to be here
1: when he hits a freaking 500-foot bomb. I'm going to be what? right here. Okay,
0: so what? So what? He hits <laughs> one 500-foot bomb, and then the next two weeks, he's batting under 90. Go home. Go, go to bed, pal. Go to bed. Uh, also, I'm tired
1: of shit. Go to bed. I focus on the positives here, man. I'm, dude that's like except, one. that's like a except, when so one except when it comes shot. to the Bears except when it comes to the beard.
0: Hey, that's like a basketball player hitting one shot
1: let it be the buzzer beater bro
0: go up big. no man no even if it is a walk-off bro what did you do the last two weeks no <laughs> baseball's can 162 games if you give me under 150 or under 200 for that matter on the New York Yankees as a starting catcher that plays over 100 games and your strikeout percentage is higher than your fucking batting average. I don't want to hear it.
1: I'm just going to say right now expect the trolling
0: of Gary Sanchez to continue all season. But it's not trolling. There's statistical facts behind it. He has sucked the last three years. Like, just bad. Just saying. Just expect the trolling. That's all. That's fine. That's Just fine. And that. Gary Sanchez fan, man, y'all can come find me. Y'all can add me. Y'all know what my, you know, what my Twitter is. You know, you know the podcast, everything. Y'all, y'all more than welcome to bring that. spoke. I'm with it.
1: I, I could put another bet up right now. What? I I'll put another bet up right now. If he bets over two fifty by the All Star break, you got to buy a Gary Sanchez jersey. Bet <laughs> two fifty get me 250
0: bro if it's 249 bet. shake on it what am I going to shake your hand through the verbal there's video evidence yes I agree
1: okay fair enough get a Gary Sanchez jersey bro
0: that's fine I ain't going to get no no I ain't going to get no real one I'll get some fucking I'll make my brother make one for me put a t-shirt and fucking put some tape on my back get the fanatics one that's like 50 bucks Man, look, I ain't even give him uh, look
1: I'll, Listen, I'll even i make it better for you. You can even get like one of the T shirts that just has Sanchez's okay, name. Okay,
0: that's fine. I was about to say I'm not keeping no jersey. A T shirt I can rip, use it as a rag. Yeah,
1: you, you could just you could rip the sleeves off, that's make fine. it into a cutoff. Hey, I will give, like
0: gi- give it to I give it to a dog or a puppy or something. You know what I'm saying? Give it give give it something. Don't give it to Humane Society. I don't know. Yeah, it could be a pee, it could be a wee wee pad. It could, it could be a good chew toy, I guess. you see, you feel me? That's what I'm saying. Um, But other than that, guys, that's everything we got for you. Um, This episode will be airing like normal early in the morning tomorrow, which is obviously Friday for for you guys. It'll be Friday morning. Um, uh, Just an update. Uh, We are working on the logo still. is working tirelessly. We have some rough drafts uh, coming out in the next couple of days, but the progress is coming along just to let you know. Um, Obviously Kyle and I are working to, you know, better the quality, I got to order my mic in terms of, you know, what what Kyle is using right now. If you guys have seen it on YouTube to make my my audio clearer. And obviously, as you see, Kyle has his camera set up pretty much relatively comfortable while I have to mount my phone. Uh, You know, the whole moving process is still going and finances and whatnot. So, you know, making sure that I get all my stuff quality ready for the podcast to kind of take off. And uh, one quick shout out. Shout out to Zack Snyder. Um, the Justice League cut that I just saw on HBO Max was absolutely phenomenal. It's probably one of the greatest movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm not exaggerating. I'm a super big comic book nerd. Um, you guys got to go see it if you already haven't. I know it's four hours, but break it in, in, in the six chapters if you have to. There's six segments of the movie. You can break it like that and come back to it another day. It's amazing. It rivals Endgame, in my personal opinion. It is that good Story, the detail, the character development, the, 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 the emotions, the humor, every everything. It's it's a very great and well-rounded movie. Zack Snyder, kudos to you! Amazing, amazing job. That movie did not disappoint, and it, it it left me, it left me satisfied.
1: You said six segments.
0: Yeah, it's it's six chapters. They break it down into it's four hours. Yes,
1: I just wanted to do that because I just saw the Dark Knight the other day. And that was the one thing that the Joker says in the holding cell. So, I just one. Yeah, it's it's
0: it's 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 fire. You got to watch it. Like I'm Tyree, stayed up till three in the morning hour time to watch a four hour movie and took a half day from work today.
1: I, I guess it's I'm not, and the thing is guys like I'm not like a super big uh, superhero movie. Like when when Endgame came out, I watched it, and it, it was it was good. Like I was like entertained buy it like in like obviously like the last scene like where everybody comes like okay spoilers where everybody comes back and they all fight Thanos I thought that, that was really cool um it's just the fact that going through a four-hour movie is going to be tough for me bro and it, don't put it past me that I fall asleep in it just because
0: like I'm, do, I'm doing it again I'm watching it again on Saturday
1: like all, all I know is is that usually when I watch movies if I'm not like really like like interested in it or if i'm not like drawn into the movie i'll fall asleep like tyree and i uh we went to go see suicide squad a couple years ago and i think we saw it with uh with brooke and garrett too and maybe ryan was there too i think i got through like halfway through the movie and i passed out and then i woke up like right during like the last like 20 minutes of the movie so, yeah,
0: but you're 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 you're, you're not I, your thing, I, I you know?
1: listen, I am a casual in every sense of the word when it comes to superhero movies, but I have been trying to expand my superhero movie. I watched uh my movie catalog, I did watch uh Captain America the other day, I've seen a couple of the Iron Man, so I'm trying to like expand my knowledge into like DC and Marvel. But I will say this like, one of my favorite movies ever. Is the Dark Knight? It's just because Heath Ledger's Joker is just unreal, bro. Like,
0: like when I like when I see the
1: when I see the Joker like in that movie, I don't see Heath Ledger. Like, I get no semblance of Heath Ledger in that movie. That is the Joker, bro. Like, it's that good.
0: Yeah, agreed. No, no doubt about it. There is not many that can compare to him. Neither the Jokers that preceded him or Jokers that came before him.
1: Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like Joaquin Phoenix. Was great in the Joker. It was a it was a different movie. It was kind of it wasn't really a superhero movie. It was more of like a world. It was more of like a really kind of like a personal development story, like how the Joker came to be. But I thought Joaquin did a great job in that in that role.
0: Oh yeah, big facts. But other than that, um, that's all I got for you guys. Sorry for yawning. It's like almost one o'clock in the morning over here um I'm just kind of really exhausted from work had a long day but uh yeah man that's all i got appreciate you guys for all the support as per usual and uh, we'll catch you guys again next week
1: yes sir and on my end i got nothing else to say just you listen to the podcast whether it was on apple podcast spotify we appreciate the support on youtube if you guys watched this we definitely appreciate it um we'll probably go over a free agency next week we've seen a couple moves over the last couple of days, but we'll probably do our free agency grades for the next episode next week. So we'll definitely get into that. And if any NBA news pops up, we'll talk about that next week. But until then, you guys, we'll see you guys next week and take it easy. Later guys. Hi, I'm Mark and I'm Peter.